fantasy in the house, yo. Let me tell you how we do things around here. Here, get to the top. Older than fantasy, please say what's wrong. Fantasy tactics, tips have to be hard. Listen to the boss, you'll be winning a lot. Not losing, just cruising. So kick off the balls and let's get choosing. The ultimate fantasy podcast. And it's live. Choose football, choose the Premier League, choose FPL fan tracks and footy index, choose Fridays, Saturdays and Sundays, choose checking your phone every five minutes in the hope that Nathan Redman has scored, choose Trent, choose Robertson, choose VVD, choose that big lanky striker lab with a name you can't remember but whose XG is through the roof, choose your captain, choose your formation, choose your first sub, choose that cut price midfielder who runs around a lot and sticks his foot in, choose your future, choose your beer, choose life. I chose not to choose life because I chose fantasy football. And with that, the Ultimate Fantasy Podcast. Hello, and welcome to game week one in our maiden season. I am Alfie, your host, football enthusiast, draft fantasy champion, newly appointed commissioner, and creator of the near-perfect poached eggs on Sunday that my not-girlfriend described as all right. But in the studio with me is restauranteur and all-round beer expert, the man with the beard, it's Nathan Taylor. Hello, Nathan. Hi, Alfie. Hello. Uh, you'll be uh, choosing a beer for us later, won't you? Yeah, it's still quite early, though. Yeah. Well, depends Depends what time of day it is around the world, isn't it, really? so. <laughs> but hanging on the telephone like Blondie, although not as attractive, is a journalist who, for fear of being caught moonlighting, cannot reveal he works for one of the most established sporting desks in the world. It's the secret journalist. Hello, Phil. Hello. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> can, I just, can I just clarify from that introduction, which one of us is Begbie? <laughs> um, who do you think it would be? I've got an inkling, possibly you. You're a bit shorter <laughs> than the rest of us. Excuse me. And, and a bit Five foot 11. Of everyone in our group, I'm definitely not the shortest. Oh, no, no. I mean, no, Christ, there are some really smart people in our group. But... <laughs> five foot 11. Uh, five foot 11. Yeah, mate. 180 centimetres. You're never five foot 11. Uh, we're not having this conversation again. We, I've actually... Right, I can't swear. We're not having this conversation again. I actually did this on a podcast last year and we got measured live and it got proven. All right? Well, that must have been gripping. It was. <laughs> Petro did it. So obviously <laughs> Sam was annoyed. Uh, so Phil, um, at Stevie T600 commented, what a lovely voice that Northern lad has. Perfect for when I do the ironing. I, oh. hope, I hope that's not a euphemism, by the way. <laughs> God, I hope not. But that's nice, isn't it? Yeah, that's that's really nice. I'm glad that I can I can ease his way through a big bundle of, uh, of crinkly clothes. That's well, excellent. Yeah, probably dead people's clothes because he's probably a nutter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, possibly. Yeah. Okay, so coming up on the show today, in part one, we got a full game week one review with a look at FPL draft and fan tracks. In part two, the secret journalist will be answering your questions on the treatment table. We'll also be joined by Tommy Gunn to offer some betting insight. Uh, part three, we look ahead to game week two with some insight from an FBL expert. And then the three of us will debate it out as to who should be picked for our podcast FPL team, the fated FPL team. In part four, we'll have the answer to our quiz question, the clean sheet forecast. And Nathan here, as we just said, will be recommending a beer. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, that's what he does. So the biggest news this week was obviously Will Ferrell turning up at Fratton Park. 
Uh, but we're not going to talk about that as it's not fantasy related. So before, uh, so I suppose we'll crack on with our game week one roundup, which is kind of a big deal around here. But before we do, I have a quiz question for you guys, which you can mull over for the whole show. Are you ready? I'm ready. Yeah, yeah, go for it. So on Sunday, Arsenal named two English teenagers, Joe Willock and Reese Nelson, in their starting 11 for a Premier League game for the first time since February 98 versus Crystal Palace. Can you name those two teenagers from 1998? Mm. Okay. All right. You're going to have a little thinky think? Yes. <laughs> so excited, aren't you? Okay, let's do the Game Week 1 roundup. <laughs> Liverpool took Mo prisoners as they kicked off the Premier League season by spanking newly promoted Norwich, who rather annoyingly crushed the clean sheet party. Graham Potter cast his magic as Brighton gave Watford a what for or a what three, you could say. Sheffield United half as the fruits of the Prem, taking a point as they unleash their sharp blade to the cherries. Harry Kane shows he enjoys a holiday with the Villa by putting the game to bed and actually scoring twice in August. It's big smiles from Oli as he scores all over Frank Lampard's Frank Lampard, leaving nothing behind but the scars of a rash. Burnley spanked Ralph Hampton, proving to be a right pain in the ash. Palace, Everton, Leicester, Wolves all shoot blanks. And Pierre, I'll bang your nan, reminds Arsenal fans that is all that's needed to defeat Bruce's millions. Nine clean sheets this week. Nine clean sheets. Palace, Everton, Leicester, Man City, Man United, Wolves, Arsenal, Burnley and Brighton. Assist King was Riyad Mahrez with three. Assisting defenders, Eric Peters, of course, Trent, Lewis Dunk, Ainsley Maitland-Niles, Tyrone Mings, Kyle Walker. The goal king was Raheem Sterling with three. Goal scoring defenders this week, VVD, Chris Mappham. Penalty misses, almost Aguero. Own goals, Decore and red cards, Schneiderlin. This week's top performers uh, across all formats, FPL draft and fan tracks, were, of course, Raheem Sterling, Eric Peters, and Riyad Mahrez. Do you guys want a stat or two? Here, yeah, I with some. Yeah, all right. So, stat. Man United's 4-0 win over Chelsea was the biggest win against Chelsea in a top-flight match since 1965. Another star, Arsenal's 72 million signing Nicolas Pepe became the 200th different player to play for Arsenal in the Premier League. And another stat against Spurs, Aston Villa's John McGinn won more tackles than he completed passes. That was eight tackles to only six completed passes. There you go. Good week, lads, eh? It was a great week. Crazy week. Crazy week, Phil? Crazy week for you? Uh, Yeah, oh yeah, it was a belter. (laughs) <laughs> uh, let's quickly talk through the notable players in all the formats uh, the top goalkeeper across the board was of course De Gea top defender was Peters uh, the only difference in midfielders FPL and draft be Sterling, Mahrez and Salah but in fan track Sterling and Salah are forwards so there you go so the top midfielder in fan tracks is Mahrez any other notable players Nathan? Uh, John McGinn you've already mentioned picked up seven points um, on FPL this weekend. A goal and eight tackles. He's only five and a half million on FPL and he's in 4.1% of teams. Oh, okay. Anyone else? I'm going to struggle to pronounce this name, but I believe it's... <laughs> Hang Kag- on. I think I know you're going to say, is it the Leicester defender? It is, yeah. <laughs> Kagla Sionchu. He stepped in for Maguire. Four and a half million, six points. He's only in 0.4% of teams on FPL and... Played very well, and obviously they've not bought a replacement for Maguire, so he's a kind of undiscovered gem at the moment. Wow! And uh, Phil, any uh, noticeable players for you? Uh, I thought it was interesting that um, Maitland Niles started for Arsenal. He could be um, 
he could be a decent uh, a decent addition to any side. I can't. I'll be honest. I don't know what his price is at the moment, FBO, but I can't imagine it's massively expensive. And he's you know he's an attacking player and he's likely to get assists for him. Um, a player that I keep coming back to on a regular basis every single season. I think to myself, I should get him, and I never do. And that's uh, Johan Goodmanson from Burnley, yeah. who is possibly the most underrated of players in uh, in FPL because he um, he comes up with assists and goals all the time, and he's never expensive. He's never expensive. Although he did drop out the side last season, didn't he? He did for a little bit, but I think if they're playing their strongest side, then he's likely to get in it. We've not picked him up on your draft. No. No one has, actually, have they? No, I don't think anyone has. And I bet that's largely because in my... In my drafting, my, my midfields where most of my strength is. And as I've discussed with you, I, I only care about tackles and interceptions. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, um, speaking about Burnley, Ashley Barnes was another player that stuck out, obviously. He earned the most bonus points, most bonus points points uh, with 57. Uh, his XG was 0.68, but I'm not sure that means anything at this stage of the season. Uh, and lesser, lesser defenders... Uh, Ben Chilwell, Johnny Evans, Ricardo, they all scored highly in terms of passing. In fact, all three of them outpassed any Man City defender. So that could be a sign of things to come. Nathan, anyone else for you? Yeah, um, just on Man City defenders, uh, Zinchenko in the started at left back, um, 5.5 million. So as far as Man City defenders go, he's a good one in there. Six points and he's only in 11% of teams. Right, fantastic. So, FPL League leader, uh, well, congratulations to Lucky Indonesia. I think I said that right. Apologies if I didn't. Lagos FC. Uh, I mean, his team doesn't look that good on paper ahead of time, but you obviously triple captain Sterling and you had Pogba in there and a bit of Bolly and Cody action. Anyway, such a bold move. Uh, yeah, it is. I it would say. Very bold. 142 points. Although I'm annoyed with him because he hasn't designed a kit. <laughs> so there you go okay that's staying on with FPL let's talk about our team FPL team result uh, 50 po- 52 points we got mainly because there was a clerical error whereas Salah wasn't selected as captain it was Vardy I still maintain that was the website's fault it's Michael vice captain not sure how do you feel about our result Phil not not great if I'm honest I'm I'm upset about the captaincy decision. Mm. I didn't I didn't have any say in this. I mean, if it, if it was me, I'd be playing champ manager rules of switching off without serving. I mean, <laughs> um, there, that is. I did think about nuclear bombs yeah. just blowing up the world. Perhaps that's what happened. Uh, yeah, but our, on paper, our team's wicked. Trent, Robertson, Pereira, yeah. uh, De Bruyne, but, Salah. I mean, you can't you can't like judge yourself against some lunatic who captained Sterling on week one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who hasn't even designed a kit, I mean. No. Yeah. Okay. What's our kit look like, Alfie? Uh, it's the pod colours, isn't it? It's yellow and black. And... Mm. So draft fantasy now. Uh, our setup in our league, we got head-to-head league, we introduced bonus points and we got con- Kante points. How do the Kante points work in our league, Phil? Oh, mate, this is controversial. This is going to anger some people. We we set it for defenders. Every three tackles and interceptions, they get a point. Mm. And midfielders and forwards, for every two interceptions or tackles, they get a point. Which is worryingly starting to look like we might have we might have uh, set midfielders a slightly priceful commodity for uh, 
for your cloggers and your hard tacklers mm. and your David Batties in midfield, they may well be um, ludicrously underpriced right now. Well, that's true. But there's a lot of people who had a moan, even though they all voted for it. I'm not one of them. I'm not moaning at this. No. I, 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 like the, I like the kind of way that it spreads the points out a little bit more. So you, you have to think a little bit more... Um, a little bit more astutely. Although I do worry now that we may have undervalued a goal. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Who wants goals? I want someone smashing <laughs> someone's knee in. So a couple of folk had a moan, but I would actually say that the players who performed the best got awarded the most. So the players who scored goals and got assists actually did perform, outrank everyone else. So yeah. And the only abnormalities I spotted was Philip Billing of Bournemouth. He got five Conte points, didn't he? Told you, it makes most tackles. And I, I, I saw quite a bit of that game. I watched it a bit while I was yeah. um, I was in the office, one of the games I had to cover. And um, Billing did very little, if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he he's a big lad in it, and he and he runs around in midfield a lot, and he's got a big engine, which is the thing that can. And he, you know, granted, okay, by statistically, he made tackles and made interceptions, but he didn't impact on that game in the way that justifies the reward that he was given. So that means if he does play well. It's going to go through the roof. Uh, Haller was another one, the West Ham striker. He got three Conte points. And I watched that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got spanked 5-0. And he did absolutely nothing. I mean, they didn't defend. They didn't do anything. I mean, he was just there in the hope that something would just land on his head. Anyway, all good. Uh, so panic stations, guys. Nathan, you panicking yet? Um, my draft was not kind to me. I was taken in the cultural sites of latvia while it was taking place so i was on auto picks um my midfield and my defense are strong i have absolutely zero hope up front at the moment with solanke catroni and originally lacadia but i've just brought in billy sharp on a waiver that's how desperate it is so you lost your first game didn't you know i did um i got 51 points so actually a good total but yeah still lost (laughs) the harsh world of df Phil, how did you get on? Did you win? I, I won, yeah. I won the, the Phil Derby um, <laughs> with, against Branson. So, yeah, I, I, I got a good win. I was quite, I was reasonably pleased. I mean, my Liverpool boys came through for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I got VVD, uh, Origi, and um, who's the other one? Um, I've got another one as well, but I can't remember who it is. Um, oh, oh, Christ, Christ, I've got Firmino. Um, so oh. like the three of them, the three of them all came, came, came through for me, assists, goals, all the lot. And then, um, my sort of midfield strategy, as I hinted at earlier about getting players in, that are going to get tackles and interceptions, but also have the kind of slightly outside chance of providing assists as well. Seems to have, seems to have been paying off. Both my Wolves boys got some tackles and assists in. That was quite pleasing. Capoue was a bit was a bit underwhelming. How many assists did Wolves get in for a nil nil draw? Well, yeah, no assists. The, the, the tackles in there. Well, they would have done. They would have done. Volley, yeah. Volley would have had an assist, but mm. for uh, but for the cruelty of VAR. But that was hard. I mean, I watched it time and time again. I still struggle to see the handball. I mean, it was very faint. Well, that, that's going to be the that that is the ruling of VAR this season. That's what they've decided basically, and it's going to cause problems. Is that any kind of contact that that result any kind of indication that the player's arm is in a slightly unnatural position and the ball strikes it? Like if he makes himself a bigger presence in the box and he's, the ball strikes his arm, then it's it's deemed as as a handball, even though he wasn't even looking at the ball, didn't even have any kind of control over it hitting him. It's still going to be deemed handball. Mm. It's going to be a 
Yes, it's going to go crazy, isn't it? Uh, but Phil, bringing you back to your uh, assists and tackles yeah. in midfield, surely the perfect player for that, who I think you've just picked up, Nath, is uh, Aaron Moy. Well, yeah, yeah. A couple of years ago, when we, when we did like we ditched Cante points last season, but the season before we had Cante points on it, and it was slightly, he was even less generous two years ago because we had uh, a point for every three tackles and interceptions for midfielders. And I had Moy for pretty much all of that season, and he was an absolute gem. Yeah, so there you brilliant. go, Nathan. Are you happy with your signing? I'm happy. To be honest, uh, Phil, having commented in our WhatsApp group saying that he was after him, meant that I pushed him up my waivers list, because I had kind of neglected <laughs> him moving there. Can't believe you fell for I, that. I went for, <laughs> I went yeah. for a, um, one of those... Uh, like because because I've got a few a few tackles and interceptors in my mm. midfield already. I've got Kapuwe. I've got the two Wolves boys. I thought oh, I'll splash out on a bit of flair and I'll get that Lo Celso from Tottenham. I'm going to have oh, yeah. some some attempt to get some goals <laughs> or assists. But when he starts playing in January, you're <laughs> yeah. But mate, I've got it's the luxury. I swap. I basically I swapped Begovic for him, so I'm not losing anything there. No, that's what we call uh, the flex, of course. Yeah, Lo Celso is my flexible thing. Mm. <laughs> I think to be fair, Lo Celso, what I've seen of Betis last season does actually put his foot in so there are some chances of some tackles as well so. he's, he's a good player yeah. he's a really good player from what I saw of him last season outside of you know Barcelona and Real Madrid he was as good a player for a, for a side as I saw yeah. you know he runs with the ball he dribbles creates stuff he's yeah he's a good player yeah mm. and uh, I'll tell you a player I picked up which no one really looked at uh, and this maybe I'm jumping on the Brighton bandwagon too soon but um, Solly March who's playing left wing back so he's getting tackles in, but it's also, I think he takes corners and uh, he'll get a few assists this season as well. So He, he was he had little purple patches last season, didn't he, Solly mm. March? Anyway, Phil, so next up in our fantasy uh, draft league, uh, you face Moon is hot tip for the title. And Nathan, <laughs> you're up against the reigning champion award-winning comedian, me. Wow. I'm going to put you to the sword. The podcast Derby. The podcast fest. Derby. I'm going to put you to the swords. Yeah, be careful. Silly. You don't don't want to make him angry. You know, little man, he gets he gets a bit <laughs> Cool. Anyway, all right, that's enough for the draft fantasy. What have we learned from game week one this week? Bit of a crazy game week. The offside law and handball laws maybe need to be looked at. And that Dendogger goals we just discussed was uh, harshly disallowed. Uh, Phil, what have you learned from this game week? Um, I'm not sure. I le- I, genuinely, I'm not sure I learned that much that that um, that out, out you couldn't have predicted already. Like, if you look across the players, most of the players you'd expect to score points scored points. Like, you know, Salah scored goals. Sterling scored. You know, Eric Harry Peters, got, Lewis Dunk. Well, yeah, I mean, but there's a <laughs> okay. You're going to get the odd anomaly, but that what does what does Eric Peters getting two assists teach you on game week one? It doesn't. It doesn't make you suddenly realise. Oh God, I really missed out on Eric Peters because he's not. <laughs> I don't think he's going to play all that much for Burnley. That, that Charlie Taylor is a better player than Eric Peters. Mm. So in the long run, I would think Taylor will play there. It's just you're you're going to get. A, this could happen game week seven. It could happen game week thirty-two. You know, you're always going to get someone's going to do something weird. I don't think you should rip up your strategy now and suddenly decide that Eric Peters is your way forward. <laughs> <laughs> Nate, have you learned anything this week? Uh, never trust Pep Guardiola. <laughs> Left out uh, for me in my um, fantasy league. Um, Bernardo Silva, who's in twenty-three point four percent of teams, and Aguero. 17.6% of teams left both of those out, which absolutely screwed me, although I did get a good total anyway. But mm. And Chelsea... This is, 
this Sorry. is where Mar- I was going to say this is where Mares is an interesting one in that game mm. week because you could quite easily look at that and on the basis it think, oh well, yeah, Mares, this is going to be the season when he shines. But if Bernardo Bernardo Silva is going to play more games than Mares does this year, and that seems to be the choice that he makes between those two, mm. so you're in a bit of a false position if you think Mares is the answer to all your problems. Yeah, he got three assists on the first week, but I don't think he's going to do. He's going to play every week. Mm. And Chelsea, I quite enjoyed watching Chelsea United until United spanked Chelsea. But they actually created some chances, didn't they, Nathan? Yeah, I think it's not all doom and gloom there. Pedro created five chances and Mason Mount created four as well. Their XG was actually pretty good, but um, ran into De Gea on a good day and the woodwork a couple of times. Well, yeah, Pedro actually got lo- on, on fan tracks, apparently got loads of loads of key passes, so scored very highly. So mm. there you go. Um, Brighton's new formation, 3-4-1-2, Nathan. Yeah, um, although... I will caveat this by saying that Potter did change formation with Swansea quite a lot last season, depending on the opposition. So it might change. But what you did see, the most notable thing was obviously the defenders getting a lot more of the ball, a lot more passes and dunks, obviously De Bruyne-esque through ball. And they're helping him to 11 points. It does bode well for um, centre-halves picking up a bit more kind of creative points probably the antithesis of um, our strategy of just going for midfielders who are anti-creative <laughs> but keep creative defenders good uh anything else phil no no i agree with alec brightner uh an interesting one because potter last season with swansea they had one of the highest uh possession rates he wants to play you know play out from the back possession football so it'll be interesting to see in the long run how that how that impacts on their side okay well that'll do for game week one i think we've reviewed the hell of it so uh, we'll move. That's the end of part one. Uh, but don't go anywhere because in part two, we'll be uh, we'll have Phil here on the treatment table. Well, not on the treatment <laughs> table. He's doing the treatment. Uh, we've also got Tommy Gunn phoning in to give us some hot tips, as it were. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> Welcome to part two. Earlier on, I spoke to, on the phone, Tommy Gunn, the deluded one. Hello, Tommy Gunn, the deluded one. How are you? Alfie, how's it going, mate? I'm all right. Um, uh, Not a very good game week on all fantasy platforms for me, but uh, that's how it goes. What about yourself? Disappointing, really. Um... I built. I built the uh, the owls are really sort of built around a um, uh, an unfit trinity. It's the sort of Lacazette, Pepe, Ceballos trinity, which uh, none of them are fit. And although uh, Ceballos and Pepe played, um, they're my star men. So uh, it's early <laughs> days for us. But um, you must be pleased with the Arsenal start. A nice solid one nil win over Newcastle. One nil away from home. Yeah. Fine, we've lost 20 matches on the road the last two seasons, so we'll take a win. Oh, yeah, that's a good point, actually. That's better than last season already. <laughs> it's, it's better than last season already. Things are looking up. As uh, Yeah, there we go. You know, it's great. And how do you feel going into next week's fixture? Burnley at home. Yeah, that's number one on my uh, on my ACA or my, my coupon, as I like to call it. Ooh. I prefer, I prefer the word coupon. It sort of lends it a sort of nostalgic sort of... <laughs> 
it's a nostalgic well like, have you got your coupon love like the old lady down the co-op you feels like you could trade it for maybe a kidney or something yeah yeah like when you used to get your stamps at the co-op my dad used to collect them it's just sort of the word coupon just sort of <laughs> it's, it's an evocative word from a, a bygone era it's a beautiful thing so actually it's talking about your coupon uh, you're doing an accumulator or an Aki, as people call them. Yeah. Um, should we talk through who you? How many? How many fixtures you gone for straight away? I've gone for every prem fixture. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, mate, if this comes in, let's go through them all very briefly. Very briefly, I put a pound on to win two and a half grand. Um, very briefly, Arsenal Burnley home win. Uh, Southampton Liverpool away win Norwich Newcastle home win Everton Watford home win Brighton West Ham draw Villa Bournemouth away win City Tottenham uh, home win Sheffield United Palace I've gone away win Chelsea Leicester I've gone home win that's where I'm going to come unstuck because Chelsea will probably lose that Mm. Um, and then MNF Monday Night Football I've got Wolves Man United I've gone home win yes of course you have Mainly because I've also backed Wolves to win the Prem at 200 to 1. So, <laughs> uh, How much did you put on Wolves to win the Premier League? Uh, £5. Oh, that's not bad. That feels like it should be more than 200 to 1, right? It does, yeah. But for, for a fiver, I just thought, I've got to have it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> William Hill just dangled that little carrot in front of me and I just thought, you know, let's go for it. It's a wonder how these companies keep making money, isn't it? Really? It, it really is. Uh, indeed. Uh, good, man. Um, that's it, really, isn't it? We're going to speak to you again next week, hopefully, where you'll yeah. be two, two and a half grand richer. I'll be, I'll, well, I'll, I'll, be like those, uh, I'll be like those dinner ladies that go back to work when they win the lottery. You know, yeah. they, uh, <laughs> well, I couldn't give up my job. So I'll be back on here, but I'll just be wearing a new hat. And treating yourself to a caramel latte. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right then, Tommy Gunn, the deluded one. It's nice speaking to you again. All right. Thanks, mate. Take care. Okay. So there you go. That was Tommy Gunn, the deluded one. Um, just talking about Arsenal, guys. I think from this weekend, I noticed that P or Ped, I can't say his name ever, Aubameyang, is still the main man at Arsenal, despite a £72 million arrival of Pep. Isn't that that's pretty fair, isn't it, Phil? Oh yeah, I mean he's he's uh, he's going to lead their line pretty much most of the season. He's he's brilliant. He's Aubameyang. He's he's one of these players. What what's great about him is that he he can be absent for a game for seventy minutes, and it might look like he's not in it, and then suddenly you know he can score. He's, he's not. He doesn't have to be in a game. He's just waiting for that one opportunity to come alive in the box. He's an amazing player like that. Yeah, I and mean, when that's Arsenal all over, wasn't it against Newcastle? They were asleep for most of it, I think. Nathan P. So Aubameyang, he's got the best shot conversion rate of players who have scored six or more goals in the Premier League with 25%. And uh, the next game, they've got Burnley. He's scored a few goals against Burnley, hasn't he? Yeah, in his last three games against Burnley, he's scored six goals and picked up an assist. That is... We're going all out, Aubameyang. <laughs> I can feel it. Okay, uh, enough of that. Treatment table. Let's do the treatment table. I feel like I need a jingle for this. Treatment table. Treatment table. Leave your clothes on. The treatment table <laughs> with our secret journalist. Isn't it lovely? So this is uh, where people can write in and ask Phil. Sorry, the secret journalist. Um, any questions? Hopefully football related, but it could be anything really. And at Wobble What John 
wants to know two things, Phil. Did Sunday's scoreline flat out Man United? And should we all be getting on the Brighton gravy train? Um, um, I, no, I, I don't. I, I think maybe to, maybe a little bit that scoreline might have flattered Man United, but that game was set up to, for Manchester United to to take Chelsea apart. Now, granted, it could have it could have changed very easily if Chelsea had scored early on. It might have been different. One of those few chances they had in that first half an hour, it could have been different. But Chelsea, are, the way that they're trying to play this season, makes them vulnerable. I think to to players with pace. Because Lampard wants them to be attacking, he wants them to get on the front foot, wants them to play like direct football, but they're a bit soft in the middle. And I think that, um, and I, mean, I don't mean necessarily middle of the pitch, I mean just soft, you know, kind of underbelly. And I think that pace is is going to hurt them. I mean, you look at some of that, like Zuma is not, you know, he's, he's a he's a decent-ish centre-back, mm. but against someone with a bit of lightning pace and a bit of trickery, I don't think he's going to stand up. Um yeah, I, I I think maybe the scoreline did flatter Man United a tiny little bit when you when you look at the balance of play in that first half an hour. But Chelsea are going to suffer some big defeats this season. Mm, very yeah. youthful side at the moment, obviously in that first setup. Um, but and the Brighton gravy train. Um, that they'll be on the evidence that first game they'll, they'll be better than they were last year. Um, and oh, I mean, yeah, you got the sense that that Hewton, as, as well as he'd done with Brighton, had possibly, and and they would argue, it's taken them as far as he could go. Potter is a is a more, um, it's not obviously, it's, it's a bit harsh to say this, but maybe a more progressive manager in the way that he wants to play football. If you value those aesthetics of football well, then Potter is one of those kind of slightly more expansive managers, and he's trying to do something a bit different with them to just survive. In I would guess on the evidence of that first game. It clicked into place magnificently. Everything went right for him that first weekend. Um, I would reserve judgment before I start jumping on any bandwagon and saying that Brighton is suddenly the solution to all your problems. But they're, they're certainly a more attractive proposition now than they were um, you know, a week ago. Uh, one thing you've got to factor in as well, and you've got you, there are always two sides playing any game of football. And whereas Brighton did all right and, and played really well in that first week, you've got to wonder, well, Watford just weren't at the races either. They didn't show up for that game. They didn't do the things that they did really well last season. Didn't know whether, what, for whatever reason. Maybe it was, maybe um, Grazia didn't freshen his side up enough. You know, Saar yeah. wasn't playing. Welbeck was obviously he's still injured. So the two signings that they have picked up didn't play. Um, so yeah, I, I would I would reserve judgment before you start either condemning Watford or building Brighton up to be the saviors of football. There you go. So I hope at Wobble What John that answers your question, your double prong question that's very cheeky to get two in. Don't forget, if you want to ask our secret journalist a question or two, you can contact us on Twitter at UltimateFPod. Right, that's the end of part two. Coming up in part three, we got the upcoming game week, game week two. This is Ground Control to Ultimate Fantasy Podcast. Jump, they say jump. David, can you get my shoes for me? Welcome to part three. Lads, do you want a stat attack? Yes. Let's hit you. Okay, stat. Ernel Hernandez of Norwich City is the first Cuban player to appear in the Premier League. Okay, let's talk upcoming game week fixtures. Game week two. Here we go. Arsenal against Burnley. That's the early kickoff on Saturday. Then we've got Aston Villa against Bournemouth. Brighton against West Ham. Everton against Watford. Ooh. Norwich against Newcastle, Southampton against Liverpool, West Man City against Tottenham. Then on Sunday, you've got Sheffield United against Crystal Palace, Chelsea against Leicester. And on Monday, 
blooming Monday night football. It started already. You've got Wolves against Man United. Phil, any fixtures that catch your eye? Um, I think it's uh, I think it's a good week potentially to have if you want to dabble with some of the promoted teams players, which I would imagine you know not a lot of people have jumped on board on, but they've got a nice set of fixtures. They're all at home. Sheffield United play Palace. They could get you know they get a decent result there. I don't think Palace are any great shakes. Um, Villa, Bournemouth. Bournemouth got a bad result first week of the season. Villa are going to high. Um, despite getting beat at Tottenham, I think they put a good performance in. And then there's Norwich at home against Newcastle, and Newcastle are rubbish. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. I, I didn't think they were that bad against Arsenal, actually. I, I, thought, it, I thought the Max was taken to the Max. He looks <laughs> decent. He's, he is. He looks like what... It's like someone had gone back to the drawing board with Troy Ore and gone, right, we're going to do this again this time. <laughs> <laughs> and this one's going to be a bit better. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Nath, you were um, you mentioned to me earlier about Sheffield United and Palace. Yeah, that's the the fixture from a fantasy point of view that um, caught my eye. Palace um, they had an excellent um, away record last year, the sixth best in the league. However, slightly unhappy camp there. Some question marks over um, Wilfred Zaha's commitment, and obviously we've discussed in the previews what a big part of their kind of approach he is as well. Sheffield United um, likely to be a bit more progressive. At home as well, these uh, famous overlapping centre backs that we've heard so much Crazy. about as well. Um, so the, the defenders there that I'd maybe look at are O'Connell and Basham, um, both four and a half million. So likely to get forward a bit more, uh, play some more passes, potentially get involved in the attacking play a little bit more. Um, and then you've got John Lundstrom as well. Uh, he's su- for some reason, despite the number seven on his back and despite the fact he played midfield all pretty much all of last season for Sheffield United, is listed as a defender. <laughs> um, so good one to get in there. The only caveat with that is that he might be the player that Wilder drops out for a more attacking player in the home games mm-hmm. as well. But Lundstrom catches my eye there. And then finally, Ollie Norwood as well with eight crosses this last weekend. He takes pretty much all of their set pieces and he's 5 million. He's only in 0.4% of teams as well as a bargain midfield option. Good. It's a, couple of, a couple of players I would like Sheffield United wise, a couple of players, the, the Ender Stevens is is a very very good footballer as as um, mm. yeah as Ned says um, so yeah de- definitely Ender Stevens I'd be jumping on board Callum Robinson who is uh, a forward for them and plays up front but he's listed as a midfielder in a lot of versions of the game that's another one you might be able to exploit position wise mm, interesting well I've got a feeling Palace will beat Sheffield United anyway but maybe I'm biased just because you're a secret Palace fan yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, so that's the fixtures. Uh, Before we go on to pick our FPL team and make some very quick decisions on that, um, let's listen to an FPL expert. We've got FPL Nymphria, who's going to talk us through some potential transfers you can make. First up, the goalkeepers, and with Alisson picking up an unfortunate injury, FPL managers seem to be switching to the Manchester City man Edison for his consistency and his identical price tag of 6 mil, with over 226,000 managers already doing so. FPL managers are also considering the Liverpool counterpart and likely replacement Adrian, and the Manchester United man David De Gea, given his game week one heroics. The main defender on the FPL manager 
radars this week is the 4.5 Brighton man Lewis Dunk. The defender managed a clean sheet and a goal last game week, meaning players like Cathcart and Holobas seem to be getting switched directly for Dunk, with over 64,000 managers getting him in already. It's also interesting to see that managers are already switching between Liverpool defenders despite only seeing them play once. I sense a common theme will arise here as the season goes on. In midfield, FPL managers who went without Sterling in the first game week have seen enough to want him in by any means necessary, with 177 plus thousand of you choosing the Manchester City man despite playing Spurs up next. Martial also seems to have impressed managers, with 61% of managers switching from Mora to Martial already. It's not only Martial that has turned managers' heads from United, Rashford also made an impression, with 145,000 of you already switching him from players like Wilson, King, Kane and Jimenez. Origi and Puki are also piquing interest in that forward area, however I'm not sure how long Origi ties down that spot, with Mane yet to rejoin the fold properly, so could this be a little early for managers to hop aboard? So there you go, that was uh, FPL Nympra. Thank you for that insight, of course. If you want to check out her full videos, you can go to her YouTube page. I'll put the link in our blurb. Do check that out, actually. It's very good, very informative. Now, uh, we are going to pick our FPL team. I thought this would be a good idea for us three to do it live. So we get a say in the captaincy this month. This week. Listen, I wanted to pick... I picked Salah. I picked him. There's no way I would have picked Vardy for that game. Why? Who wouldn't pick Salah? So annoyed. Anyway, all right then. So what do you reckon? Do we get, we got one transfer. Do we utilise it or do we stick the same team? So I list the team. Schmeichel, Trent, Pereira, Robertson, Ake, Salah, Dendonka, De Bruyne, Saha, Vardy and Keane. And our subs, I don't know. <laughs> Hang on. I, I'm, I have question marks about Keane. Hmm. I mean, well, I haven't said Norwich are at home against Newcastle about Pookie for a week. Yeah, Timmy Pookie. Ooh. The, yeah, all right. He's he's 6.5. That's quite expensive, isn't it, for a promoted striker? Mm, that is quite, yeah. Let's, let's go for a Norwich striker. Let's go for Pookie. All right. You happy? Yeah, yeah, that works. And, who, and who are we going to go for captain this week? Uh, Vardy. Oh, now you <laughs> want to go Vardy. <laughs> no, mate, put Salah. It's got to be, isn't it? Yeah. So you've got, who wouldn't put Salah? Cool. Fantastic. Well, that was that. I mean, that was painful enough. <laughs> Maybe we won't ever do that again. Um, short-lived feature there. Short-lived feature, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end of part three. But coming up part four, don't go anywhere with the answer to our question. Um, we'll also be doing our clean sheet forecasts. Yes, indeed. Here we go. Yeah. Welcome to part four. I'm going to do the question for you guys. Uh, what did I ask you? Uh, the two teenagers, Arsenal teenagers, played in 96, was it, did I say? 98. Or 98? 98 against Palace. Uh, who are they? Who are the two teenagers? Phil? Well, I, I'm pretty sure I saw this this, this weekend. Um, and I'm, So it's kind of semi-cheating, but is 
I think one of them was it that Paolo Vanazza. Paolo Vanazza, obviously, came on loan at Pompey as well yeah. for a month. That's true. That's one of them. And the other person, I couldn't. I didn't. I couldn't clock what the other person was. I just remember him. Ashley no. Cole. No, Nathan, come on, you know this so one. So it's a, it's a te- is it a teenager that right? Okay, but Arsenal. Um, I don't know. Jeffers. No, Nathan. Um, Hoyt. No. Upson. Yes, Upson. Upson. Matthew Upson. Upsound Funk gonna get it to you or something like that. I don't know. It's a shame that song wasn't out at the time. There you go. That was exciting, wasn't it? Well done. We'll do more quizzes <laughs> in the future. Wow, people are turning off <laughs> in the space, aren't they? Uh, players who performed this week. Um, I quite like the, like the Max at Newcastle. Uh, there's also Adrian, the goalkeeper, who's playing for Liverpool these days. He's done all right for himself. Uh, maybe worth a pump for a lot of managers. Phil? Um, I like Sterling. All right. Pl- not so obvious players who perform. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I said earlier, Maitland-Niles. Go for Maitland-Niles. Give Maitland him a Niles. shot. Good. Nathan? Um I actually fancy uh, Maitland-Niles as well, to be honest. Hmm. Just jump on board. Yeah, fine, whatever. Let's do clean sheet forecast then. Uh, do you want me to go first? Go for it. All right, here we go. Um, there was nine last week, but I don't think it'd be the same this week. Uh, but my radar was off. So I'm going for Newcastle. <laughs> Liverpool. Man City. I mean, they're the two... Stay at mainstays, aren't they? And Palace is the other clean sheet I'm going for. Nathan? I'm going for Everton, Norwich, Liverpool, Man City, Sheffield United. Mm, two promoted sides there, keeping clean sheets. Phil? Uh, I'm going to go for Arsenal, Norwich, Liverpool and Sheffield United. Okay, fine. Fine, whatever you want to do. <laughs> totally up to you. Nathan? What beer shall we drink this weekend? I tell you what, at Sally Day Day, she wants to know which beer will be good for a bit of the downtime after putting the kids to bed alongside a Chinese takeaway. Chinese takeaway. Um, I would say probably something like a uh, Hoppy Pilsner, so maybe Lost and Grounded Keller Pils um, or Rot House Pils, which is the OG. Or if it's something a bit more noodle-based, I'd go for like a red ale, like maybe Bricks, Peckham, Rye. Beautiful. I mean, we are more than fantasy football. We are culture. Exactly. That's what we are. If you'd like to, you listeners like to ask Nathan what beer to drink, (laughs) what a stupid (laughs) section this is. (laughs) I didn't suggest that. But I'm I'm going to stick with it. I think it's worth uh, listening to. Uh, Do contact us at ultimatefpod and that's it from us guys that is it i hope you enjoyed the show but don't worry we'll be back next week at the same time for some more fancy chat many thanks to nathan thank you phil cheers <laughs> tommy gunn of course fbi on infra and to the fantasy football chaps we'll see you the other side bye The ultimate fantasy podcast. And it's live.